successful entrepreneurs don't make it to where they are today all by themselves. The goal of this segment is to dig deeper into the tricks and shortcuts that our guest entrepreneurs borrowed or stole to help propel them to their own successes. Join our host, Kent Lloyd, the director of Harmon Brothers University, as he asks his guests what they borrowed, or in some cases stole, to grow their business to success. It's the legal kind of stealing, by the way. Poop to Gold presents a brand new segment, Funny Business, hosted by Kent Lloyd. Hey guys, welcome to another week of Funny Business, which is a Poop to Gold podcast from Harmon Brothers University. Today with me, I have Anthony Orissus. Or Anthony, how are you? Kent. Thank you for having me. I'm, I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to have you guys. Uh, you kind of got a unique story with all this COVID stuff. I'm really excited to dive into it. But before I, I get into the whole business side of things, I like to learn a little bit more about the people that we have on the show. So uh, where'd you grow up and what was your childhood like? Absolutely. So I am born and raised in Queens, New York, Bayside, New York specifically. Childhood, I got to say, I was very blessed to come from a loving, hardworking family. Greek background. So I was raised with a Greek upbringing, you know, which really included like being uh, coming from a tight knit family and family first type thing. So that was pretty much the gist of my, my childhood. Nice. Um, have you been able to keep that closeness while getting more adult? It's <laughs> a good question. Yeah. I mean, I've tried to, I've tried to do my best, uh, best I possibly could. No, we're still a really, really close family. Uh, you know, I, I don't live home, but I still try to see my family every weekend. So, you know, family comes first. As I was mentioning before, you have a really interesting story. You started up a business in the middle of COVID. Uh, tell me a little bit about that. What, what's the business? What was that like? What was the process from the beginning till now? That wasn't the plan to start the business in the middle of COVID. It just happened to, to work out that way. So I came up with this concept four years ago and long story short, I also sell medical devices. So every year we have this, a gala, if you will, where we get together at the end of the year and everyone's dressed to a team, like everyone's wearing their best. And we have this big award ceremony and we look forward to it all year. So about four years ago or so, my manager was getting ready to go on stage to receive manager of the year. And as he's getting ready, he's like, Anthony, like, how's my suit? It's good. How's my hair? He had some like crap in it. So I took it out. I helped him out. And he's, and one of the things he asked me, he pointed to his pocket and pointed at his pocket square. And he's like, do you have any idea how to fold this thing? And I looked at it. I said, I have no clue. And it kept falling and it kept sinking. So he takes it out. He's like, you're probably better at this than me. Give it a shot, please. So I tried, I adjusted it. I put it in there. And as he's getting ready, <laughs> we saw it sink again and we're laughing. And he's like, why is this thing so complicated? I don't, I don't understand it. Ends up going on stage, delivers this incredible speech, gets off and we celebrate him. Next day that we see all the pictures and videos from the award ceremony and his pocket square was nowhere to be seen in any of the pictures. And he's like, can you believe this? My wife bought me this pocket square, $100 pocket square. I go, dude, if you have a $100 pocket square that cannot be seen, it's essentially worthless. And right. we kind of laughed about it, but he's like, I'm honestly never wearing these again. I'm, I'm done. And what that did, Kent, was it kind of just sparked an idea. I can't say it was right then and there, but just that kind of stood out in my mind for quite some time. And I was like, yeah, why is this so complicated? And I just see guys at like weddings or events or in New York City, they're either sinking or no one knew how to wear them right. So I go, what if I made a pocket square and no matter how you bent, twist or folded it, it retains its shape. When you put it in your pocket, it stays up. And that's actually what we've done is we've, we've created that company. The company's called Rare Cut. And that is our tagline. It stays up. Well, there you go. 
So, uh, so you got the idea about four years ago. Uh, how, yes. how did this begin in the middle of COVID? So the plan was to launch it uh, a year prior. And, you know, if you had asked me, like, when I first came up with the concept, when do you think you'll be selling this? I easily would have told you, yeah, eight months, 10 months tops. I had no idea what was in store for me. You can read all the business books. You can listen to all the podcasts, everything. And they will help prep you to a degree, but nothing quite prepares you like doing it yourself. Right. So uh, I worked with three different engineers. I worked with someone that works in the garment district in New York City. Mm-hmm. And that took, that whole process took about three-ish years to find, to get the product right. Wow. Um, what happened? Yeah. The first time I thought I was ready, we found a new way to make it. So we pushed off. Second uh, launch date was supposed to be March 23rd, 2020. Two weeks prior, found out what coronavirus was. So we're like, this is not a good time to launch this business. It just didn't seem appropriate. There was going to be another launch that summer. My mom had gotten sick, had two very close calls. So obviously everything else in life takes a backseat. And then when I found out that she was okay and well, I just stuck a date and said, you know what? I might not ever feel 100% ready, but I'm sticking to this date. I'm committing to it and, and I'm launching. So I launched on Kickstarter a few weeks later. So I take it you guys are past the Kickstarter phase now and into upscale production. Um, yes. So it's been a full year now. So we ended up launching on Kickstarter in September oh, of, okay. of, of last year. Yeah. So that's when we actually ended up launching. So it was September, we had a nice little uh, start over 50K, especially at a time where no one's dressing up. It was just like, it, it was very validating that, hey, we, we are onto something. And I even, th- I would think that the majority of people that, purchased one haven't even gotten a chance to wear it yet but it just gives us hope for for the future and for better times uh that are coming ahead hopefully so what would you say that you've learned from this unique experience of launching a company during a pandemic i think in a weird way it was actually a blessing i didn't think the you know when it was our launch was postponed all those times that it was a blessing but i think kind of coming on those hardships early on toughens you and it makes you more and more resilient and now when I see something thrown my way, I'm just like, all right, what's next? Like, we'll figure out a way. Whereas maybe if a company started and it was all smooth sailing the entire time, maybe an issue like this would derail them completely. For for this business, all we have known up until this point has been uh, navigating through you know tough terrain and some pretty difficult times, yet still making light of that, getting sales and learning through the process. Uh, it's actually been kind of the silver lining through this whole thing. So there's always somebody out there that seems to be doing better than you, right? That's the, that's the nature of business in general. We also know the, the, the famous saying, like, good artists create on their own or they borrow, um, but great artists steal. So what did you steal for your business and how did you make it your own? Okay, that's, a, that's actually a really interesting question. So I would say, I would divide that into almost two answers, like m- modeling someone in life and then modeling business. So modeling in life, the people that I admire and look up to are often not the people that are on like TV or that are household names necessarily. And it's usually because they are very well balanced and they mm-hmm. conduct their business and they are good parents or family members, give to their community. And they really concentrate a lot of their time on being having as good a balance as they possibly can. So the people I look up to 
typically tend to be people in the community. My father being one, I have a friend that helped get me in the medical device industry that I met bartending and I just admire how he operates his life. And those are the people that I learned from and kind of model my life after. So when, like you had mentioned earlier, you know, great artists steal, I kind of see what are, what are they, they doing, how they go through tough times. And they're so accessible that I get to ask them directly how to get out of a, maybe a jam or funk or just take life advice from them. When it comes to the business, I think what's important to do is look at it. It can have nothing to do with your business. There's no other po proprietary pocket square out there. Uh, we're the only one. So <laughs> it's we can't really compare apples to apples here. But what you can do is look at other companies and really respect ones that put an emphasis on community and culture and mm -hmm. kind of just deriving from that and saying, okay, I love what their focus is. They're more than just a product. I knew by just looking at some companies that I respect, I didn't get into this to be a product that would be sold in stores. I got into this, into this to be a brand, a brand that resonates with people that when you purchase it, you're not just holding a product, but it actually has some meaning to it. And that's what gets me juiced up. That's why I decided to take this challenge and just run with it. So you mentioned that you, you used to do bartending. Yes, I did. Yeah. Okay. For for several years. So it sounds like you've you've hopped around from job to job. Like what? How many different industries have you worked in, and which one was your favorite? So actually, you know, it's funny. I, first off, I love that question, but I just realized this kind of now by you saying that one led to the other, led to the other. Sure. Believe it or not, I bartended. My main objective in bartending was in college, and I bartended for years actually. I just wanted to fund a Euro trip <laughs> post-college. That was all. I was like, you know what? I just need to save a lot of money uh, to go on this Euro trip. I want to do my skydiving. I want to go around Europe. We'd all seen the movie Euro trip at that point, which was like the, the hot movie Good. and wanted to replicate that. When I was bartending, my first day on this new gig, and he's actually one of the, person, the people I referenced earlier. This guy comes up to me. I'm like cleaning the bar and he introduces himself and he asked me a very direct and forward question. He goes, what do you want to do with yourself? What do you want to do with your life? Like, wow, that's, I did not expect to hear that question. So I said to him, you might not even be familiar with this industry, but I actually want to sell medical devices. Why? Why you might ask? Because my uncle in Greece owns his own distributorship and I kind of fell in love with like the lifestyle. I'm like, this is pretty cool. This seems like a great job. It's social, it's sales, it's fun. This yeah. fellow bartender goes to me, well, today's your lucky day because I just so happened to sell medical devices and I bartend on the side for fun. I was mind blown. I was like, what are the odds? I had never <laughs> in my life outside of my uncle met anyone that sold medical devices. He told me that day, if you're serious, you're going to do X, Y, Z. You're going to read these books. You're going to you're gonna do this. You're going to do that. Then this is like a, basically a series of things you should follow. If you follow through on that, I guarantee you, I promise you, I will get you an interview. A year and a half later, I did all those things and he got me an interview which eventually led me to the job I'm in now with uh, medical device sales. Medical device sales eventually led me into the idea of starting RareCut and having, you know, coming up with this proprietary pocket square. So everything kind of led, everything kind of like, I just kind of followed this path and doors opened up by just, you know, staying with, staying within my industry, but open, other doors opened up along the way. And I think that's just yeah. life in general, right? Yeah, from bartending to medical devices to pocket squares. That is a jump from each one. That's so cool though. At least you've, you've gotten a very rich sense of life experiences in general from that. Now that you've been running your own company, I could imagine that there's been some stresses as you've probably been working by yourself for a lot of it and had a couple of small partners here, there and everywhere. With all that in mind, how do you achieve efficiency? Ooh, okay. Yes, and I am 
a, don't get me wrong. I do have help. I have consultants that I hire. I'm working with two interns, uh, which is incredible. For the most part, at this stage of the game, I have no other partners. So it is a solopreneurship journey. Entrepreneurship is hard. Solopreneurship yeah. is even tougher. It, it really is. Um, you really need to find someone to just communicate with. You got to talk it out with somebody. And I have people that I care that I express ideas to. But, you know, if I ever did go the route of a partner, it's like, it's like a marriage or any relationship, you know, a, a good part, a partnership can either propel you to new heights or it can completely sink you. So I will be very careful about any person that I, that I bring on board, if ever. So I've been a little hesitant and kind of been playing the waiting game when it comes to that. As far as efficiency goes, it's extremely important to, doesn't matter how busy you get, you have to have certain things that are non-negotiable routines. Mm. And what I mean by that is when I was prepping for my Kickstarter, I neglected a lot of things that I shouldn't have. Things that make me better, mm. like my morning routine, right? Like meditating first thing in the morning, eating a balanced meal, working out, uh, writing in my journal while I have my coffee in the morning, and just kind of having like a gratitude journal, things of that nature. When I think really when you set the tone for the day, it's really important to have a winning morning and a winning morning formula. And even though sometimes I'll jump out of bed and be like, I have all these things to do and I'm like, and I jet out the door and I didn't do the things I needed to. I'm not saying my day isn't efficient, but it's, it's not as efficient as it can be. So sure. one thing I would recommend to anyone listening is that you think you're being extra productive by like cutting out some of the things in your life to make time for others, but you will be, there'll be time better spent when you create that time for yourself. And when you put your priorities, uh, if you, so long as you make your priorities non-negotiable, like those that, that have to do with your health, you will be more effective and more efficient if you stick to that plan. What is the biggest challenge that you've had to overcome to date? Okay. So the biggest challenge is joining a brand new industry with zero experience, talking to people about it and people being like, what the hell do you know about the fashion industry? You know, nothing about the fashion industry. Like, do you know what you're, do you know what you're setting yourself up for? Did you know that the fashion industry is one of the most difficult industries to get to? Yada, yada, yada. Yeah. yeah. You know what else is difficult? The medical device industry. And guess what I knew about the medical device industry prior to getting that job? Zero. But I figured it out along the way. The will to figure it out and to succeed outweighed the you know the fear and the unknown. So I understand that people, a lot of people that said that were coming from a good place. At the same time, I was just like, well, I'm going to figure it out one way or the other. Yeah. So now those same people that I have conversations with years later, you know, they're cool. They, they came around like, oh, you really learned a lot. Yeah, because I dedicated the time to figure this out and come a long way. But I think anyone can replicate this. If you, you can get into an industry you have no idea about, but if you, if it becomes your obsession, you're going to figure out a way, no matter yeah. what it is. What is it that you like best about what you do? What I like best about what I do is the excitement of being in a startup where mm. the only rule is there, there are no rules and you get to figure things out on the fly. There's no book written on how to grow rare cut specifically. You can reference other businesses, other founders, but no one's quite done what I'm doing before. It's the first of its kind. Mm. Um, and the beauty is you kind of figure it out as you go. And even with like, it could be anything, advertising, patterns, social media posts, like 
you don't really know what's going to work until you do it. You just keep putting things out there. You keep trying new things and you see what works along the way. I think people have this uh, misconception that they have to be perfect out the gate. That's probably not going to happen. <laughs> I just, you know, I, you know, I try to, I put a lot of pressure on myself to put my best foot forward in, in anything and everything that I do, but you're not going to get good until you take a few missteps. So you're going to be bad for a while. You know, in the beginning, you're going to stink, <laughs> but as you get better and better, you're going to, you're going to find your stride and you're going to figure out what you're doing. And that's kind of the beauty of a startup is that it all falls on you. So as much as you want to better yourself and your company, you have all the ability to do so unless you quit. So unless you don't quit, I mean, you keep finding new ways to reinvent yourself and reinvent your company. Okay. So how do you stay on the cutting edge for yourself? As you said, like the fashion industry is super cutthroat. So what have you been doing to update your skills? I keep my ear to the street. I really do. I just listen to what like people are saying and I ask a lot of questions and I, I'll have a conversation with anyone, maybe not in COVID as much <laughs> because we haven't been able to, but I'll sure. have a conversation with anyone on the street, like at any given time, just, I like to get to know people. I like to learn from, I actually love to learn from people and I throw ideas out to people all the time and people happen to really like when you come to them for advice, be like, Hey, do you know anything about pocket squares? Do you know anything about the fashion industry patterns, whatever? And I kind of just see what's resonating with people, what's what's motivating them, what's inspiring them. So one of the things that we're looking to do with Rare Cut, and like I mentioned to you earlier, I said, I didn't want to start a company. I'm looking to start a brand. So um, with a company and a culture, and what's important to me is having something that we stand behind. And one of those things is being able to give back in some regard, I don't want to just be a pocket square company. We're more than that. So one of the things that I've noticed is I have friends and family who are going through, like many of us are right, going through really tough times, especially struggling businesses who are worried on a regular basis of, are we going to stay afloat? Will we still be in business a month from now? You know, yeah. do we have what it takes to, to keep the doors open? So hearing more and more of that, um, seeing friends that have had restaurants that have been open for you know 40 years that are debating whether they should close or not because of COVID, I'm like, man, these businesses and these business owners need all the help they can get. And one thing that we're not quite seeing, I mean, we're hearing statistics of like, oh, you know, 10,000 jobs lost, and almost these numbers become they almost don't become real to us after a while. They're just numbers. But when you really give the spotlight on an individual and you learn their story. All of a sudden, that story becomes much more real. So one of the things that we're looking to, or we have been doing is we created a, um, a pocket square pattern that says it's a shop local pattern. So we use this old classic blue NYC coffee cup um, and it says shop local on there. And one of the things we're looking to do or that we have been doing, I should say, is featuring local business owners. Hmm. And we're kind of just asking them, how do you stay up during these hard times? And we're giving them a platform to really bring to light what they've been going through in the last year that maybe people outside of their direct family don't know. Yeah, We're showcasing them and we're showcasing their business. And, and on top of that, we're putting more money where our mouth is. We're giving a portion of sales to uh, the Barstool Fund as well. So that oh. that is... Yeah, that's what we're trying to be. A little, we're trying to be different, you know. And that's one of the things like you you had asked earlier. How do you stay on cutting edge? Like that's just a start. We're going to be doing a lot more things in the future too with different charities, uh, foundations, things of that nature. We wanted to just to start with this one because it's you know a lot of people are feeling it. But that's how we stay cutting edge is just by really staying in tune to what's happening in in the current world. 
who is an ideal client for you? What would be the best first steps for them to take? And where can they find out more about your company? Ideal first client would be, I'd say a guy in his 20s, 30s, that's looking to do a little bit extra just to stand out. And I've certainly been there where you're just like, I have all these great ideas and like, I just want my chance. I just want my opportunity. I just want that little bit extra. I just want to, you know, I want to, I just want to be basically given the opportunity to express myself or be heard at work or whatever the case may be. So I tie that in because that's what we do, right? We are that little bit extra that you can add as a fashion accessory to what you're wearing, right? Because everyone rocked, you know, everyone could rock a jacket, but I remember I went to a wedding and me and my buddy wore the same exact jacket, same make, same everything. We took pictures together the whole time. We we're cracking up. And then there happened to be this girl at the wedding and we're sitting next to each other. And she came up to me. She's like, wow, I really like how you rock that suit, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, and I like, I like this. And she was pointing the pocket square. So my buddy goes, what? We're wearing the same suit. This makes no sense. I go, dude, it's that little bit extra. And that goes, that, that, it really is. It's just that little bit extra. So uh, ideal client would be like that guy that's just trying to do that little bit extra. Um, and that's where we can help provide. That's where we come in and where we can help. And um, advice I would give them, you asked about first step. I would say, especially in this day and age, um, dare to be a little bit different. You know, you don't, you know, I'd say the suit and tie look per, like per se, I don't want to say it's a dated look because certain industries call for it, but sure. switch it up a little bit. I mean, you know, rock a jacket, a sports jacket with maybe an open collar or a t-shirt, or I've just started implementing hoodies underneath. And it's just, it's like, it's a new look. And also with a pocket square, have a fun one. If you're, if you go down that route, because what they are, they're a conversation piece. They're fun. They're playful by their nature. And that's what we try to embody as a brand. We want to be fun. We want to be playful. You know, that that's how we think we can help tie into that. But if people want to check us out, um, we, they can find us on our website. It's rarecut.com or on Instagram at rarecut. Well, Anthony, thank you so much for your time. It's been great hanging out with you and getting to know you and your company. Um, for those of you at home, please like and share uh, with your friends and feel free to subscribe and we'll see you next week. Want to learn the tricks of our trade? We have them all laid out in our courses on Harmon Brothers University. This isn't surface level stuff here. This is our entire playbook, all our secrets laid out in full, the same training we give our own employees. You'll find courses on ad buying, writing video scripts to sell your product or service, creating the kind of large production ads we're known for, even making short ads using nothing but your cell phone. If you're looking to use video marketing to take your business to the next level, Harmon Brothers University has the course for you. Our students have seen incredible growth in their businesses by implementing what they learned in our courses. Take these reviews as living proof. We've now got multiple campaigns that are in the millions of views and in the multiple millions of dollars in sales. Within a week, we're close to 10 million views, over a million in sales, and most impressively, we've covered 100% of the production costs in the first 24 hours of releasing it. We saw immediate results. Sales went up 10x the first day. The first video we did is over 30 million views. The most customers that we've ever acquired in a single month. I think we had about 26,000 new customers. Go to harmanbrothersuniversity.com to start accelerating your business's growth with video.